0: show dedicated to celebrating the ongoing mystery and dream that is cinema, and tracing film history through the decades via the films that have meant the most to me. My name is Jonty Cornford, and I'm a writer, editor, composer, music producer, and a lover of films. This week on the show, I'm joined again by Somerset Drayton to talk about the Cars cinematic universe. That's right, all three films in Disney Pixar's Cars Trilogy. Enjoy the episode. Some organic fuel. Take a car watch, hippie. Look, I'm lightning McQueen, the famous race car. I love you, Lightning! I'm a precision instrument for speed and aerodynamics. You hurt your what? <laughs> I know his type. Race car. I don't mean to be rude here, but you probably go zero to sixty in like what 3.5 years? Oh! When is the last time you cared about something except yourself, Hot Rod? Don't you big city race cars ever
1: just take a drive? Oh, you! Get hip to this time it's tip. It. Holy
0: Porsche. Hey, do I spot a little pinstriping tattoo back there? Oh, you saw that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: How does a Porsche wind up in a place like this? I fell in love. Oh, Corvette. Hey there, Mater. You know her? She's my fiance. What? Nah, I'm just kidding. She just likes me for my body. Um, hello. Welcome back to this shit. Um,
1: <laughs> the least recommended recurring guest ever. <laughs> <laughs> This is a bloody film podcast and I come on here with the shittiest sense of movies you've ever seen.
0: So, you haven't misread the title. We are going through the entirety of the Cars cinematic universe today. Um, I thought I'd start, before we get into it, Um, Ethan Colburn on Letterboxd. This will set the tone for sort of where we're going today. Um, Rated the first Cars movie three stars, with... The, uh, the love heart, so they've liked it as well. They've liked it as well, that's good. Um, three stars, but he does have a couple of questions, and I'll read the first three because
1: yeah. holy, there f- are that's so, so many long. in this review.
0: The first three are, why does Lightning McQueen have a tongue? How does money work in this world? And cars can be seen using men and women's restrooms. What are they doing in the bathroom? Why are they gendered? Well- just. Just a few of so many questions and more that we're going to be answering today. Literally. As we go into the deep lore and mythology of the Cars cinematic universe.
1: Dude, I've never been so excited for a podcast and haunted by a <laughs> podcast idea in my life. Um, anybody who literally knows anything about me or has ever interacted with me ever um, will figure out that I talk about a lot of shit like randomly Anyway. But for some reason, one of my favorite conversation starters in a group of people is talking about Cars Law. I take it. (laughs) I take it as my personal mission to TED talk the shit out of Cars Law because Cars like has a very specific like place in my heart, but also because it's like fucked like that that letterbox. (laughs) When you you, you really think about it, when you really think about it, it's (laughs) fucked. But I've been told so. Top of this podcast, I got to acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, I've been told I have to acknowledge this. I don't like acknowledging this personally, but I've been fought about it multiple times. Shout out to anybody who's about to come with me mentioning this. This is all written down in a document that is over 10 pages long, just so everybody's aware. Um, so the crux of the reason why Cars exists is actually addressed on like a larger scale. Um. So I'm gonna acknowledge and fucking ignore this part of this, right? So on September fourth, we're getting real. This is actual research I've done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and Summer has a laptop. I have a laptop a, with out a, with a document.
1: <laughs> anyway, so on September fourth of 2012, the website cracked.com, This is real. The website cracked.com released a video titled, Why Pixar Movies Are All Secretly About the Apocalypse, which is like a super big joke and like it's it kind of shits on it and it's actually a really dumb video. I fucking hated watching it for this research. Don't watch it. It's nothing. Anyway, so then one year after that, in 2013, a guy called John Negroni released his own take on what is now famously known as the Pixar Theory. So he's published – he's not only written a book about it, he has a blog and he's re- and he has been releasing a serial novel which, like, talks about the Pixar theory. And it basically starts with the movie The Good Dinosaur and, like, ends in the vague thousands of years in the future, right? I've now acknowledged that Pixar law exists – and the crux of it, like, is a super big summary because you can do your own fucking research. I'm not going to talk about it because it's not what this is about. It's about cars. <laughs> the main reason that things like, because it's the whole thing that they all exist in the same universe, all yeah. those Pixar films. Yeah. But things like toys, like Toy Story and cars, why they exist, and same with Monsters Inc.
0: Mm.
1: Is that it's so dumb. I fucking hate it, but I have to talk for the for the real serial haters that have come for yeah. me. Um
0: for the, the um actually crowd.
1: Yes. <laughs> this is for the um actually the yeah. <laughs> This is actually explaining people. Shut the fuck up. That's not what this is about. <laughs> it's a movie about cars. Anyway. Um so it's like they all exist in the same universe. And when Wally in the movie Wally, it's established that like people have like left Earth and it goes way in depth or whatever. So when people leave Earth, the their love and their personality is like a battery that continues to fuel and power cars. So specific to cars, um, John Negroni actually has a blog post which is called uh, Why There Are No Humans in Pixar's Cars. And like it, it, it puts a little bit of light on the fact that like the crux of cars is... This is a very big summary of it that the cars are the humans that used to inhabit them through this weird battery powered human energy yeah. source.
0: Because all the humans have left post Wally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All off in space but it's, somewhere.
1: Yeah. Do like that's a super big summary because it's actually a really long, drawn out and to my personal knowledge, actually quite boring. Um, But that's for the um actually people. I'm acknowledging and ignoring that
0: fucking shit. Well, the one piece of that that I actually find kind of interesting is that Boo, the kid in Monsters, Inc., is the old witch in Brave. Yes. Because she, having met – I was about to call him Jake Sully. That's the dude in Avatar. Sully, (laughs) right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just Sully. Who
0: then disappears through the door. Yes. She then is interested in time travel, I guess. Because yeah. I think the doors are a form of time travel if you look into yes. it technically. So she then discovers time travel and ends up back in the past as the old witch in Brave. In, in and, Brave, yes. Yeah. And so there's a carving of Sully on one of the things. Well, yeah, whatever. so like
1: like all the Pixar films are interrelated, yeah. I put in quotation marks. Because John Negroni and multiple people have found that like each Pixar film references the other pixar films in some way yeah i personally think it's like a big it's like a brand thing like disney does it to a very similar level as well like you could argue all disney movies like princess movies are in the same world no one gives a
0: fuck about that
1: we're like personally it's
0: also like (laughs) these movies aren't designed for the people that are making these that's what i'm saying so (laughs) like kids
1: Like specifically today, because we're talking about cars, yeah. the cars, the the CCU, if you will, I do not think that the makers of cars had the meta fair thought, like forethought, to say, you know what we're gonna do, we're gonna, we're gonna imply that these cars were once humans, but also not they're like the, they're like the cars that these humans were driving. Whatever, it's a whole big theory. No, they didn't. They made a movie about cars for children.
0: <laughs> that talk and say the funny talk, things. They yeah. say
1: funny things and they slay. Yeah, And that's kind of it.
0: So when did you first see Cars? I'm curious. When like did the, I first yeah, see Cars? Yeah, the very first.
1: The very first Cars movie, it came out in 2006. Yep. I was four years old. Don't come for me, people who have now figured how old I am. <laughs> 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 I was four years old. I think I watched the first Cars movie probably around 2008, like kindergarten vibes. Because I have ingrained memories about Cars. Mm. And then Cars 2 came out in 2011, and me and my younger brother were, like, gripped by that film.
0: It's a spy thriller. (laughs) For some (laughs) reason,
1: like, the James Bond take of that fucking movie, like, got us. Like, we had the Cars toys. We had the Lego sets. We had the, the, like little spy thing that they had like it was insane like I have so many ingrained memories of these movies and then cast three came out I already (laughs) talked about this off mic but I'm talking about it again I thought I watched this movie I didn't (laughs) I somehow like pseudo I pseudo tried to convince myself I had seen this movie and I thought that this was going to be a rewatch. it wasn't I watched cast three for the first time it's actually pretty dope
0: (laughs) But so I, like I was, I'm four years older than you, I think. And so like I saw the first one when it came out in cinemas and I was eight. So it was perfect. Yeah. Um, But I also remember when we upgraded from like a shitty box TV (laughs) to a flat screen HD TV. Yeah. Cars was the first thing that we bought. I don't think even think it was blue. I feel like it was probably DVD. Wow. I remember dad put it on to like test out the new fancy new HD TV Fully intending on just like watching the first ten minutes, yeah, and then we all just like sat down and watched the whole movie. But by the time the second one came out, I was in high school, like I didn't have any, yeah. So I think I probably went and saw it at the theaters with the family, but like I, I was too old. I did, did didn't well, care,
1: and I think that was what what happened with Cars Three. Yeah. I was simply like too old for it. And twenty eleven, I would have been nine, so it was kind of the perfect. Mm. T- was I nine? Yeah. I'm two years younger than the year that it is. Yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking about that logistic. Anyway. Yeah, I was about nine years old. And so I, I, that was like perfect. Like, my brain was so malleable and i was like yeah they're talking cars and it's british That's crazy (laughs) what the
0: fuck yeah and and then like cars three i only saw like less than a year ago i don't know i don't know why i had the thought to watch it but i was like i'm gonna watch as an adult i'm gonna put on cars three because i've never seen it and it was fine
1: and you know what as an adult i've spent the last two weeks watching (laughs) the three cars films for this podcast because i talk a lot about cars law in my everyday life anyway yeah. but i genuinely wanted to delve in and re-watch and critically look at each film yeah. from the lens of
0: Take what's going literally. on
1: yeah. <laughs> like what's going which jumping back to pixar theory we've now acknowledged and are subsequently is that a word subsequently, subsequently? yeah who am i um ignoring that yes. because i do, i'm not linking the cars see the ccu to a larger, it is its own thing in yeah. my heart. Yeah, <laughs> I want to believe it's its own thing. Yeah,
0: and we should acknowledge that there's planes. Yes. the film. We're not really. We're not. Talk about we're that. not
1: delving into that because there are sentient planes in the CCU. Yes. anyway, and the planes movies is a direct ripoff of Cars. Yeah. So the first planes movie literally reads like Cars. Which good segue. Cars one.
0: Cars one. Do
1: you want to go? Because I have the all my notes in <laughs> <And laughs> chronological order, movie by movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, we can go through movie by movie. Are we
1: going through? Yeah,
0: let's do it. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've literally been studying for this.
1: <laughs> okay, so Cars one came out in 2006. Here's the plot summary for you, brother.
0: Hit me with it.
1: Infamous car. Ra- this is I wrote this myself.
0: Oh, amazing! <laughs> <laughs> Even better.
1: I wrote this myself. Infamous racer car, Lightning McQueen, with his big ego and a reputation to uphold, is attempting to come away from his old sponsor, Rusty's, to, to the newer brand, Dynaco. In a three-way tie, McQueen has to race for the winning title and Grand Prix Cup in California, but takes a wrong turn and finds himself in the quaint little town of Radiator Springs and finds out that he may need to take life a little slower.
0: <laughs> I wrote that myself. <laughs> I love that.
1: um (laughs) i like genuinely sat down with my fucking oh my god anyway so i wrote that and um which happens every episode but specifically in this one Mm. if you haven't seen cars you really shouldn't watch You shouldn't listen to, I should say, this podcast. But spoilers.
0: (laughs) Spoilers for Cars.
1: Spoilers spoilers for the movie that came out almost 20 years ago.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, But also, like, (laughs) if you haven't watched the Cars movies, why the fuck are you listening (laughs) to this podcast?
0: Well, I mean, like, what they're all probably <laughs> between ninety minutes to two hours long. If you they're very that, short, yeah. This is probably listening to this will probably be quicker than watching all three Cars movies. So, who yeah, knows? you're actually
1: you're actually right. You're actually right.
0: <laughs> Might be preferable to watching them for the first time. You yeah, know, you never know. Yeah, there are some absolute savages online.
1: <laughs> well, do you want me to start anywhere in particular about Cars One? Is there anything?
0: Well, so the the main thing that I because. I was, let's not say the victim of, I was present for one of your Let's Talk About Cars Law TED Talks.
1: He was a victim.
0: And it opened up this massive can of worms that yep. as soon as you start picking away at the logic, the whole thing becomes really almost disturbing.
1: It becomes insane. It becomes literally insanity.
0: So, like, uh, again, this, this letterbox review, why does Lightning McQueen have a tongue? Mm. How does money work? Mm. Do, uh, uh, there are men and women's bathrooms. Are they gendered? Are they built or are they born? How do they become sentient? If they're born, how? How is Mater able to use his rear view mirrors when they're behind his eyes?
1: All right. <laughs> so, okay. So in the first movie, um, our takeaways from this movie yep. in the established biology of cars. It gets pretty litty from here. All right. So um, it is established that one of the racers called the king, which I find really funny because Meta calls him Mr. The King. Mr. The King. (laughs) (laughs) And I find that really good. He refers to all of their bodies as their bodies. So like the body of a car is their body. So they're talking about it as their body. Um, Each car, the front of them, their eyes are not their headlights. Their eyes are their windshields, which means that the front of them their headlights and their rear-view mirrors are the way that they see properly. So, like, they have a 360-degree view they can see out of their windshields, and their rear-view mirrors act as eyes, pretty much. So they're able to see completely all around them, except in their fucking blind spot, idiots. Um, Anyway, <laughs> and so the front of the cars... Oh, sorry, Mike. The front of the cars is, like, the cooling center. Yeah, for your aircon, so that's where it comes in sure. and like does whatever. So the implication that they have mouths is how we like breathe, is how the aircon works. So what they're assuming we think about the cars in that way is that their aircon is like their respiratory system. Gotcha. So when the sheriff pursues um, McQueen, when he first gets caught um, driving in Radiator Springs. After the sheriff goes above a certain speed, he starts panting and like
0: yeah. getting
1: out of breath because his air con is going while he's driving too fast, which is what can happen. You can lose fuel and like splutter and whatever. So McQueen, however, is different to a standard car. I've done a lot of research. So in the first movie, McQueen doesn't have lights yeah which is how we run into our first problem in the film so obviously um in the first race there's a three-way tie and mcqueen has to make his way all the way to california side note um there is an implication of a government um do a sound of it wow 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 wow. um mcqueen uh mac his large truck um he rides in his ass yeah um (laughs) which is actually not his body because Mac's body is just his head and trailer. Yeah, the trailer clips on. The right? trailer cl- clips on. Yeah. So it's not actually... It's the equivalent of um, someone piggybacking you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mac is driving McQueen all the way to California and he states that he shouldn't be staying up all night because the federal DOT reg states. So in the US, DOT <laughs> rules and regulations are an integral set of in government of government requirements and determine the way that truck drivers can operate in the U.S., according to 10street.com. These regulations are heavily followed for the safety of the driver, one of them including that the driver must take a 30-minute break on the eighth hour of their duty to ensure that they don't become too tired and suffer an accident on the road. So, McQueen makes Mac break the law, which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mac falls asleep, McQueen falls asleep, he falls out the back of Mac, and then he drives to Radio Springs. Everyone else on the road can see McQueen, but McQueen cannot see because his headlights are stickers. Are stickers. Yeah. He also does not have any rearview mirrors because he's a race car and doesn't need to see behind him, which is crazy. But Maida has both, except mm. he only has, Maida only has one um, headlight because the other one's been busted out for some reason but Mater is able to drive backwards and McQueen is not able to drive backwards because he doesn't have a full 360 view of his surroundings which means every car but race cars have a f- full 360 degree view of how they can see and if we recap their aircon system is how they are breathing and their like speed can dictate how tired they get Crazy. (laughs) This – looking into this, like, properly fucking ruined me. I was so –
0: Because the question I then have is if Lightning McQueen is obviously a race car and therefore he doesn't have headlights and he doesn't have a rear-view mirror, did someone build him that way or was he born that way?
1: So all breeds of race cars are different types of cars for some reason in the Cars universe. Um, uh, McQueen is like a hybrid car of a Chevrolet something. He's like a really weird sports car, mm. which are made specifically for racing. But all race cars have these, uti- like they have to legally have headlights for night races. And mm. well, as McQueen says, the racetrack's always lit. So he doesn't actually need like... Yep. Thanks. That's such a stupid line. I have so many quotes written down as well. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so like lots of race cars in real life have to have review mirrors because otherwise they're not going to be able to fucking see anybody behind them. But a, a lot of the different cars that race, like the King and Cal, who are two different cars, um, have Cal has review mirrors, but the King doesn't. Which is crazy, um, and a couple of them like have lights and some don't. So either he was manufactured specifically for speed,
0: because mm, as I we all know, speed he is speed.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> sting like a beamer. Um, but yeah, so he was specifically engineered, I think, for speed because he's a newer model of car. Yeah, because he's quote unquote in the first movie, the rookie, because he's the fastest on the track. He's all that. So I think his specific model was made, let's assume Big Side Theory previously, or born um, to be more streamlined on the racetrack. And that's how he is like the fastest and continues Mm. to win. It's getting crazy. It's getting heated.
0: As we look forward into later movies, we'll see that there are other race cars that are built as new models, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Which I learned oh, rewatching
0: the third one. Rewatching the third one,
1: yeah. Um. Well, no, like watching the first one. For, but there are a couple of. I have so many notes on the first movie. There's a lot that, that gets established in not a lot of time, but McQueen does eventually get headlights. Yes. Which is groundbreaking for him because he doesn't actually know like how to use them, but it 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 is interesting that the cars are able to chemically and internally change themselves completely and still continue to be the same car. So if we're thinking about the ship of Theseus... Yeah. (laughs) um, It implies that the consciousness of the cars is not limited to their physical state, but their physical state can feel pain and cold and can rust. Yeah. So that means that they could... Rusty cars, who there are a lot of in this movie, could potentially get rebuilt entirely... Yes and still be the same car but how does that alter their nervous system if they have one
0: deep philosophical deep questions deep
1: philosophical questions but the ship of theseus I was thinking about that I have that written down and highlighted mm. and it was
0: which dirty. for people that don't know is the as you keep rebuilding yeah. parts of the ship at what point does it stop being the original ship
1: which the yeah which is the real question like if you change so for example if there's like a leaky Floorboard, and you're like, Great, I got to replace that. Um, I got to replace a part of the hull, I got to replace the sail. If you continue to replace literally every piece of the ship, is it still the ship of Theseus or is it a different ship? Yeah, and so some people say yes, some people say no. So it really depends. But in this universe, it does say that no matter how much you get modified, you are able to still continue living as yourself, like as Mm. McQueen, like McQueen is able to still be McQueen. No matter if he gets, even if headlights are such a teeny tiny part of it, yeah, it's still like the headlights f- seem important. But also,
0: they, uh, we see headlights very early on in this movie. Yes, with the two fans that quote unquote flash, flash Lightning McQueen. Lightning
1: McQueen. Which, I think it is an adult joke and yes. not the implication that they're tits.
0: Okay. Because I was going to ask, <laughs> like, So, are we just watching-
1: That's what I was going like, to transition any, into. Anytime
0: it's nighttime and all the cars have their headlights on, are they all just got their titties out?
1: Yeah. So because they don't wear clothes, yeah. I think it's the implication that the cars are mainly their consciousness and like upper respiratory system being yeah. really scientific now because their wheels are implied to be their legs. Yes. However, I think like- mainly how they're working is like chest up kind of vibes. Like they're able to like circulate the air con and like stay alive. I don't think there's any tits. I think it's really the implication for the adults. And that is a fucking hilarious thing to put in that movie.
0: Also, Sally has a tramp stamp.
1: I was just about to come (laughs) into that. So um, because speaking of surface level um, changes, Sally has a tramp stamp that we find out. Um, and also bumper stickers are a really big yeah. thing in Radiator Springs. Yep. Um, so I think the implication that you can, like, get tattoos, I think <laughs> it's just, like, they're, like, stickers.
0: Because they also have, like, paint jobs. Because they have and, paint and, yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah.
1: So Ramon, um, who – I forgot how a slay Ramon and Flo are yeah. as, like, a couple. I'm like, damn. Ramon is really cool because he's able to, like, completely alter someone's appearance. Mm-hmm. My dad's texting me. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Ramon. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Uh, Ramon is able to like completely change someone's appearance, um, and probably like keep permanent changes mm. because McQueen gets repainted four times in the yeah. first film. Yeah, repainted to his original glory, then to his shiny, like cool white rimmed. Slay radiator springs back to his normal glory and then a repaint to keep him um kind of in tip top shape. So I think that paint and tattoos and things are purely aesthetic. It's like a it's not like
0: skin being re re grafted or anything. I don't
1: think so. I think the skin and the and the bones thing lays within the metal of the car. Yeah, right? Yeah. From like an atomical perspective. Um Yeah. So there's and there's
0: And then, like, I was, and we, a lot of this becomes more important to think about in cars, too, which we'll get to in a sec. But the thing that I was going to, other thing that I was going to bring up is petrol. The difference between petrol. Yes. And food. So in this movie, petrol is obviously important, but we also have Flo's gas station, which I guess the implication is they're also selling alcoholic petrol or some something else petrol. Um, so, dude, I have so much on petrol. Yeah, hit me. Like, with it. you
1: wouldn't believe.
0: <laughs> and we'll get, and this will pick up again in Cars 2. It will.
1: So, this is important.
0: Because Cars 2 this blows is, everything
1: up. So, Cars 1, like I said, this is what we're establishing in each movie. Yes. So, as we evolve to what yes. we know. Um, so, in Cars 1, fuel plays a pretty big part. Yeah. So, first of all, when McQueen first comes to Radiator Springs, he is arrested by the sheriff for practically destroying the entire town, right? Um, he gets a fucking boot put on him so he can't move, and it is implied and said that they siphon his gas in his sleep. Yep. <laughs> Which is fucking terrifying because... He's somehow still moving and working mm. and continuing on as a car, but his gas has been siphoned by the sheriff. Well, because then he
0: like takes off, yeah, but only gets like hundred minutes down the road. Yeah, yeah, so
1: which is I think the implication that you on empty you can still drive your car like the the amount of times I've driven my car on empty yeah. and gone like pretty far distance. Like Hamish and Andy did a episode um, where they. Pretty much, like saw, saw how far they could drive on empty. On empty, and they drove pretty far. So I think
0: Top Gear did a similar thing with they like testing fuel efficiency. Mm, yeah, they were trying to burn as much petrol as possible so that the car would stop before they get to Chernobyl <laughs> of all places. <laughs> yeah, but then at a certain point, once they got to Chernobyl, they wanted the petrol obviously to last longer so that they could get out.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> um. So as you do literally like what the fuck um so in the first film um the sheriff and doc have a very integral conversation about what we know about gas so first of all we have the siphoning of gas which means every single day mcqueen gets a set amount of petrol he's allowed to have so that he doesn't run away which Mm. is fucked actually like he's just He's not going to jail. He's just, like, arrested and, like, stuck in this tiny town. Anyway. But Doc and the sheriff had a, have a really integral conversation um, about how gas works. So the implication that the cars need to stay pretty well-fueled all the time to be able to move, that's totally viable. When Doc and the sheriff are watching over McQueen as he's racing and training, Doc comes up to the sheriff and he's like, go to Flo's and get a quart. Um, I'll stay here and watch my coin. And the sheriff goes, ah, thanks. I've been feeling a quart low, which implies that the cars are constantly aware mm. how much petrol they have in their system and how much they can drink at a place like Flo's to stay alive. <laughs> um, Flows also sells coolant, yep. um, gas, and then Fillmore... <laughs> has organic fuel which is very much implied that it's weed Yeah, like it's lit- it's just weed but in the second movie it takes it a step further in the fact that it's probably not weed it's probably just organic homemade fuel um, which there's a weird quote that I added in here because I was like uneased about that the Sarge says to Fillmore the 60s weren't good to you were they <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so like, there's a lot of stuff, but yeah. So the daily gas ration from the sheriff McQueen is on a rationing system, so he doesn't make a runner, and yet he's still able to drive on E, um, which just means that like everybody needs to go to flow or fill more if they're feeling a mm-hmm. little.
0: And I guess if, <laughs> if feeling like a nightcap, um, <laughs> but like I guess when when Lightning McQueen takes off, yep. You would assume that he would probably be able to tell that he has no petrol. Yeah. But I guess because he's a race car, yes. he's never had to think about that before, right? So,
1: when we get first established to the pit stop system at racing, yeah. it is established that I don't think the racers have any concept of how much petrol is in their system, because they don't need to, and their pit stops are constantly filling them up to full. Yeah. Because they stop off for gas, and I have a quote... Um, Yeah, so uh, during to fuel during a, wa- a race, McQueen needs gas to move forward in the race and keep going. He's constantly obviously being topped up as implied by the term fill me up with gas. So instead of using it as a leisurely drink like everybody else does, he like genuinely needs it to continue on with the race because I'm assuming doing 500 laps of a left turn would like run you out of fuel break, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like literally I don't think he has any kind of gauge whereas Flo or like Fillmore, they would know yeah, because they don't need to go that fast. And so like if the sheriff knows he feels a quart low, he goes to Flo's and he gets some, which is so slay. <laughs> and so insane that I like actually thought about this. And then other little throwaway kind of things that I saw um, – the power lines, the lights and neon lights, mm. the way that they get restored. Those wheels, I don't think could do that. But that's all right. That's just me. Um, there is four mentions, I counted, of the word breakfast. Yes. <laughs> Which means that, so in the opening line, um, McQueen says, I eat other races for breakfast. Breakfast. I probably should have had some breakfast. A little brekkie would be good for me. And then Sally says, when she says you can stay at the Cozy Cone tonight, we serve breakfast. And then someone else implies that the Cozy Cone has breakfast as well. Do they just have gas for breakfast, or like is it implied that like when you wake up in the morning and you're feeling a court low, like the sheriff, they're like. Have some breakfast. <laughs> they like a peer. <laughs> yeah. Um, because there is also another food reference. When Mater says, and he introduces himself to McQueen, queen, he says Mater, like Tur Mater, but without the Tur. Yeah. So like a tomato, like a, a, you,
0: how do you know what that is? Because there are, there are heaps of, like in Radiator Springs, it's like the, the, all the landmarks have changed yes. to look like cars. So is there like a car version of a tomato? Or are they literally just talking about tomatoes?
1: Yeah, which does like if we're talking about the cars universe, like secularly, crops yeah. do exist. Like on their big, mm. like long drives, like crops just like keep coming up. So but, I think, but
0: they're at the sh- the cows are tractors.
1: Yes, and <laughs> the bulls are
0: the. The combine harvester combine harvesters. Combine yeah,
1: harvesters. Yeah. So I'm sure that like genuinely the crops must be thriving. Yeah. Because if if all the animals are just able to churn up dirt like that, mm. regardless what's grown, I think it might be grown pretty well. It's not like they can eat it. Yeah. But anyway. I <sighs> like
0: what are the Because the cows aren't there to make beef.
1: No. They're or, just there. Or milk. They're there to like <laughs> they're hurting, they're just chilling um i love the cow tipping scene the, the truck tipping mm-hmm. um i think because there's no because the flies and the birds are all cars mm. which circling back to the pixar theory makes no sense because flies don't drive cars so why the fuck would a fly be feeling a car anyway back but there's no actual animals so i think the cars just think that they're cows
0: Which, like, Like
1: in the cars universe, that's just a.
0: Because we can make a distinction between humans and animals, and that's quite an important thing for us to be able to do as a species. Yes. Whereas, if cars and cows are both cars, that implies that the cows are the same species, but are also really dumb, like, behave in the same way that cows do in our universe. But which is really sad.
1: It is <laughs> like really that's sad. It's just Isn't a it? whole
0: bunch of like members of the same species yeah. are just being herded around.
1: <laughs> but I do uh, think same species is an interesting way to look at it because technically all we never see a truck like an actual um farmland mm. combine truck that is sentient like like Mada for example is a Mm. truck yeah those guys are not they're like farm truck like i don't know how to explain that they're like in my head attempting to buy into the universe yeah separate species like they're not but yeah i get what you're saying
0: it's yeah. <laughs> like
1: from a concerned point of view <laughs> it's a lot it is a lot and
0: like does someone decide if you're gonna get born as a cow like they build you as a cow or do you just like <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's all, it's all. I think in the
0: <laughs> and in can the a cow like upgrade?
1: Can a cow? Can a cow evolve? Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Just head over to flows, get a paint job, and.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of like it for what's established in the first film. Like, yeah. there's references to food, but it is mainly implied and heavily implied that like gas is pretty important. Um, to everybody, and like, like. Biology-wise, they kind of establish a lot of stuff. And what else do I have in cars? Anatomy slash biology is one of the things I have in my notes. Um, Oh yeah, lug nuts. Are their genitals? Okay. So a lug nut.
0: I don't even know (laughs) that word.
1: (laughs) Um is uh is a little like it's a giant like uh, washer or something washer that that goes underneath your car to like help with the suspension. Every time that they reference someone's um, genitals, like nuts, nuts, they say lug nuts, which I think is pretty funny. Um, There's also,
0: I should say, like, while I remember in this movie, there's, I've seen it going around on TikTok, people pointing out that it appears that Sally shits all over Lightning McQueen. (laughs) 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 It just made someone spill her tea everywhere. It's true. (laughs) I need a a tissue. Hold on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just spat my tea everywhere. I don't know what to do.
0: We'll be back in a sec. (laughs) All right, I'm back. Lightning McQueen and Sally go on their, like, joy ride Ah. where she's, like, trying to get him to remember the joy of just driving (laughs) for the sake of driving. And they go through puddles. And and Sally's, like, going through puddles, splashing water at Lightning McQueen. (laughs) And then we are shown no such muddy puddle, but then all of a sudden Lightning McQueen gets sprayed with what looks, I guess, is meant to be a puddle. But there is no puddle. (laughs) <laughs> I,
1: that caught me so off guard but it is because there was like water around it is just like mud but the way that that's cut
0: there's no mud on the road it's fucking
1: insane
0: there's no mud on the there's road there's no
1: mud on the road Um, but that <laughs> really funny and that took me so off guard that I just like fucking spat my tea everywhere that was an awful time to drink uh. oh my god <laughs> but yes it, it is just like that, that shit and um they get uh, mud, like McQueen gets mud in his teeth yes. when that happens. Um, yes. so, is, there's, so, like, what's the purpose of
0: teeth? What's for the these purpose cars? of teeth for these cars? I suppose it's like the grill. Yeah it, yeah, it is.
1: And it's like the mustache is the. What's it called on the thing? The, <laughs> some of the cars have mustaches based on their make and model. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. a couple to like wrap up um, biology wise. Um, I want his hood on a platter. So their hood, it references a part of their head.
0: It's like a scalp.
1: It is like a scalp. Um, and then my personal favourite a quote is, uh, when McQueen comes back to Radiator Springs, he won three Piston Cups. He did one in, what his, in cup? his cup? <laughs> classic. Uh, which is classic. And in the second movie, we find out the actual concept of piss. Um, and then when McQueen gets taken back to California, they basically kidnap him back to Mm. do the race. Um, one of the cars asks in the media, so they're all like paparazzi, um, is it true you went to rehab?
0: Hmm. What does car rehab look like? And I guess I'd
1: love to think it's all of them are addicted to organic fuel.
0: Too much (laughs) of Fillmore's organic fuel. Yeah,
1: I think, yeah, because there's the whole thing of like getting high off of petrol fumes. Um, and so I feel like if, if you got high off Fillmore's fumes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd probably have to go to rehab. Yeah. But that is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and that about sums up Cars One established law. Um, obviously, if people have questions,
0: <laughs> trust me. Your questions have only just begun, because let's let's move on to Cars 2. We'll hear a trailer in a sec, because this is where the shit gets wild.
1: It's where it gets fucking wild. In
0: 2006, two unlikely friends became the heroes of Radiator Springs. But on their next big road trip, they're not only racing across the world. Wish me luck. You go get him, buddy. Welcome to the inaugural running of the World Grand Prix. They're racing to save the world. No one can stop us. Finn Mac Missile, British intelligence. So mighty, average intelligence. <laughs> Welcome to Tokyo International Airport. Listen, th- this isn't Radiator Springs. These Americans are clearly master spies. Oh, you've got to be joking. Go, McQueen! Hit four, I'm on approach. Roger that.
1: There he is! He's getting away! Hang on!
0: carry on Cars 2 good job sorry
1: lady okay so you ready for my rendition? Yeah,
0: let's, let's do it
1: <laughs> so Cars 2 came out in 2011 and it's, just, it's not this is my plot summary the shitty Cars sequel but it's a spy movie Race car Lightning McQueen and Mater have had their share of adventures together, but nothing like what they experience when they head overseas for the first ever World Grand Prix. While Lightning has his eye on the road to the championship, Mater takes a detour to international espionage where he meets British master spy (laughs) Finn McMissile and stunning spy in training Holly Shiftwell. Now, that's what I call cinema.
0: <laughs> cinema.
1: I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> I had such an ingrained memory of it being amazing, and when I rewatched it, I was so disappointed.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I already mentioned this, but because I was in high school when this came out, mm. I wasn't the right age to, to connect with it, and so I hated it. I think I've seen it once or twice since then for some reason, and yeah. every time I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the bad one.
1: This is the bad this one. This is the bad
0: one. Um, before we get into it, Likewise, as with the first one, I have a five-star review on Letterboxd that I would love to read just to get your initial initial thoughts. So five stars, and it says – this is from – sir jalen on letterboxd i mean they've got everything car puns car racism car elon musk car john wick car murder sexy cars the car mafia and to top it off they have the greatest fastest protagonist of all time lightning mcqueen i don't give a fuck what you think cars is a top tier franchise you could say that i'm biased since i sleep in a lightning mcqueen race car bed each time (laughs) So I'll admit it, I'm a simp for Lightning McQueen. If he was real, I would sub to his only vans. That's a good pun. That's a good one. I could be his Lightning McKing. I (laughs) I like (laughs) that. That's a good one as well. Yeah. I daily commit his words of wisdom to memory. I mean, have you ever tried saying ka chow on your own? (laughs) And not just saying it, but meaning it and feeling it, experiencing that high octane rush as you remind yourself, yeah, I am speed. I'm not exa- it's not an exaggeration to say that Lightning McQueen has taken the wheel of my life and changed its course for the better. When McQueen found me, I was in a very dark pit stop in my life. <laughs> this is amazing. He reminded me that car Jesus is always watching over yeah! me, guiding me and fueling me. I was terrified when he was surrounded by the lemons. I really thought to myself, is this where he finally dies? Is this when he meets car Jesus? And I watch with bated breath the timer ticks three, two, one, and true to form, he escapes another close scrape yet again. Four piston cups, <laughs> three feature films, only one Lightning McQueen. Ten out of ten. Ka-chow.
1: <laughs> Whoever fucking made that letterbox review des- deserves an award and their own Discord server. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so
0: Cars 2.
1: It's, it's, it's not shit. good. It's
0: terrible. <laughs> as it's, convincing as that review was.
1: It's <laughs> shit God, oh I literally had so many high hopes re-watching it because I haven't watched it in years yeah and re-watching and just the sheer amount of racism and toilet humor in this fucking movie made me triggered yeah but let's get into it. <laughs> so um in the first film, uh it is implied that... We don't ever see a gun in the first film yep. at all. But McQueen gets very terrified when the sheriff is pursuing after him and backfiring.
0: Yeah, and he, he thinks goes, he's shooting at him.
1: Is he shooting at me? Yep. In this film, we find out that there are guns in cars because every spy car is equipped with extra parts that add on to their outer body. Yep. So assuming that their undercarriage um, holds <laughs> a lot of space because you can't actually put a lot of stuff like under a car. That is where all their spy equipment is. And so similar to the first movie, we know they're sentient, sleigh. But these specific spy cars, including Holly Shiftwell, are equipped specifically and made specifically for spy work. Which is like crazy because mm-hmm. it also establishes outside of Radiator Springs that there are jobs yes. in the car world. And you can be a pretty cool spy. <laughs> Because um, Holly, towards the end of the movie, that we find out, but well, no, midway through, she is equipped with wings.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> so I'd forgotten about that.
1: Which Finn McMissile makes a throwaway comment that you young kids, you're all like getting whatever these days. And Holly Shiftwell says, because she brings out a little wings, and and um, Finn McMissile goes, whoa. And she goes. The, this is standard issue for all trainees nowadays. So Finn McMissiles, obviously, an old bastard. Um, and so the new cars get equipped with specific equipment, which is sleigh. Um, right off the bat, we mm. have our like John Wick s yep. entrance into the film,
0: which should say. This came out before the first John Wick It as did, well.
1: yes, which is so crazy. So is John
0: Wick inspired by Cars 2? I guess we'll never know. No,
1: I, I think this is just a direct <laughs> rip-off of James <laughs> Bond, but that's all yeah, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finnick McMissile's even British, which makes everything yeah, yeah. S- super weird and does extend the world of cars outside of like the classic Americana that we see. But it's still shit. So anyway, but right off the bat, Finn McMissile hurdles gas out at the bad cars. Based on this based on this movie and what it what it implies later on, does that mean that he's pissing on them? Mm. If you just like let gas leak, you just you just pissing, And then also based on the first movie, does that mean that he's more likely to splutter and fail because he has less gas? It's
0: been leaking gas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How can he just like siphon his own gas at will?
0: <laughs> or does he have like a a separate is that, reserve? Yeah, that, is that is
1: that part of the spy gear? Yeah, you know. And so that was kind of like right off the bat, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. But anyway, also it's established that this movie is, I think, in my opinion, an allegory for children about bullying, but for real people about racism. Right. Because in this movie, it's established that. Car society has elevated to such a level where classism exists and based on the look of other cars, they get discriminated against.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're a lemon, which is a car that rusts really easily, and I'm assuming I like 1990 Corollas. Yeah. Because this is 2011. They'd be probably getting up there. Uh, everybody hates them. So like by default, they become villains. Uh, and want to deplenish all of the gas reserves and fossil fuels in the world because they'd like everybody to consistently have to run out of gas all the time and not have any alternative. And, like, I would, too, if the way that I looked made people mad at me. Mm. I'd probably be pretty mad. you got mad. called a
0: lemon as a result.
1: And there's so many, like, derogatory terms yeah. that gets outlined that this classic called. <laughs> It's, like, not good.
0: I'm going to just quickly look up on IMDb, The Parent's Guide, because I remember this is the only PG-rated Cars movie. And it has a warning for mild coarse language. Yes. Which I'm assuming has a lot to do with just the derogatory terms that get thrown around in this movie.
1: Yeah. So the the suggestion of... Yeah. The suggestion of, like, racism and derogatory terms are, like... (laughs) Like, pretty big in this movie. Like, I found it really hard as an adult who's, like, evolved as a human to sympathize with Finn McMissile's mission. Mm. Because I get what they're doing is bad, and, like, car Elon Musk, I guess, is a pretty bad guy. But I was like, they're just mean. And, like, Maida is the only person to put the two, like, make them come together. But even then, he's fucking bullied the entire movie.
0: Yep.
1: Like, there's not a moment... Where I'm like, damn, everybody loves Maida. I'm like, they think he's fucking... I mean... I Don't believe that. They think... <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that in. <laughs> they think he has a mental deficiency the entire movie, but they also think he's undercover. So yeah. they think that yeah, yeah, yeah. he is...
0: Playing a character. Playing
1: a character. Yeah. That's how mentally deficient yeah. he is. Bleep that out. Fuck. <laughs>
0: Shit, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> IMDB has nothing to say about any profanity. It just says that some of the cars accuse Mater of leaking oil, which most people would, would interpret as the car equivalent of urinating in one's pants.
1: Um, yeah, the third movie is where we get our first implied profanity so i'll get to that
0: mm. well I like maida says shoot a lot in these he movies says as he well. says
1: um dang nabbit yeah yeah and um shoot and but he never says god damn no um
0: that'd be too much for a kid's movie
1: a little bit um especially if it's like heavily pg yeah and then the rest of g yeah <laughs> um but yeah there's so many things in this movie That I'm going to address before you address the food aspect, yeah. Because I'm going to start yelling, yes. Um, because I usually do when we get to that part of cars law, but, but, um, the implication that there's different societies, cultures, languages, of, like the cars film. So not only do we also have the classism of lemons, which are internationally known, apparently, yeah. We also have the actual racism of cultural, yes. Like degrade, like made a openly appropriates Japanese culture. Yes. And he openly, in front of people, like degrades a poor Japanese Guido-looking dude, which is awful. (laughs) Like, it's so awful.
0: I'm just imagining that scene playing out just with humans
1: right like, fucking hell yeah. it's a it's like a guy who's who's inside a glass box this is probably seared into your memory cuz i realized it was seared into mine when i watched the scene again there's like a guy in a glass box in this giant grand theater where they're all doing their like pre grand pre like shit talking whatever yeah. there's a guy in a glass box who's doing a mindful garden to so the what are they called the the way you like rake the sand
0: Oh, yeah, like, um, I don't know.
1: Post John T. who's done the research. Insert that word. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> he's doing that inside the glass box and Maida is banging on the fucking glass and going, you've done a really good job. There's no leaves left. There's no more leaves. You've done a great... <laughs> and everybody is like, what the fuck? And then the Australian car in the back who's also there is like, who's with Who's with that guy? <laughs> it's so weird it's such a weird scene and it had me like cringing I was like why did they put this in here it's very weird it like villainizes Mater to a degree and makes the movie like really strange culturally because it's like why does racism exist if they're all just cars but also why is the distinction between each car and each culture very specific
0: yes because like these Pixar movies are meant to be as widely watchable as possible, like the the broadest things ever, why would you then put in these like weirdly racial undertones for a movie that you're trying to distribute to everyone around the world? Yeah. Bizarre.
1: Larry the Cable Guy saying, Domo Arigato. (laughs) (laughs) Will never not haunt me. (laughs) That was awful. That was an awful Uh, thing for them to put in. (laughs) Domo Arigato. It's like
0: Brad Pitt in Glorious Past. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're awful. Um, anyway. <laughs> so there's all that kind of cultural stuff that's established. It's also established that transport mm. is like a pretty big thing. We've got um, boats that transport cars, but the boats aren't controlled by cars. They just control themselves. Yeah. We've got Sid, the, um, who is Finn McMissile's personal plane. Yep. And then we have the planes that Maida and McQueen fly in to get yes. to Japan and to get to all these other Which locations sentient, right? for the <laughs> for the World Grand Prix. Yeah. And so all of the planes are sentient. Yes. And when they get to Japan they have to go through TSA.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> and when Maida leaves okay, no, I want to bring this up before I bring up what I'm about to say. Yeah. When Mater leaves Japan, because he has his whole tizzy, because McQueen calls him mentally deficient and gets really mad at him, and he's like, I don't want you to come to any of my World Grand Prix's anymore. You messed this up for me. You messed this up. But Mater's just, like, talking to the spies, doing whatever. He heads out on a plane back to Radiator Springs, and Finn McMissile, disguised as a TSA agent, comes over and, like, takes him out. And he's like, "Can you come over here, please?" And Maida has this entire like mini monologue about, "I'm so sorry, I didn't check my hook. It's attached to me, so I can't see it, and I don't know if it's up to code. But I promise that it's not a weapon." He says that explicitly. It's just my hook, and then like shows it. Yeah. Not knowing that filming missiles in like uh, disguise, that he finds out, and then whatever.
0: But it's his understanding that. Oh, shit, TSA He's, agent is...
1: TSA agent has taken me out because yeah. my hook is on display and I'm a bit rusty and pro, people who are rusty apparently get targeted for a lot of things. Wink, wonk. Um, a lot of people probably get searched if they're a limit. Anyway. TSA was established very shortly after the 9-11 incident due to regulation of terrorist activity. <laughs> So, (laughs) planes. So 9-11 had to happen in this universe. In this car's universe. In this car's universe. And if we've already established that planes are on their own sentient, but can also have the potential to be controlled by cars. Yes. Who did (laughs) 9-11? And how the fuck did that go? (laughs) Because we know it happened. It must have happened. TSA
0: exists. Yeah.
1: Because it was it didn't exist prior to
0: 9/11. Did did sentient planes yeah. commit 9/11 or did
1: cars hijacking a plane do 9/11 or did a plane die and a car hijacked it or did planes and cars come together and create terrorists? <sighs> <activity? laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, yeah, I, I want to see, <laughs> see the Cars prequel that's like a dark, gritty, grounded 9-11 drama. I need to know how this happened.
1: I need to know how it happened. But it is also insane that the implication of 9-11 happening also implies many other things before then happened. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, which moves on to another thing, because I need to get all of this out before we talk about the food, because the food thing's going to get me in a tizzy. <laughs> all right?
0: Okay, let's do it, yeah.
1: So, we go to multiple places in the world, but we actually only go to three. It's a World Grand Prix, but it's only held in Japan, Italy, and Europe. Might I remind you, Italy's pretty close to Europe, so couldn't tell you why that fuck that would qualify it to be a World Grand
0: Prix. <laughs> Italy is in Europe. It's
1: in Europe, so it's like... <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, they yeah. couldn't have done it in Australia or something. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, um, so when they go to Italy, um, the spies are doing spy things. The spy plotline—I don't care Get about. Get that out of here. I yeah. don't care about. We're talking about law here. Um, Maida goes to a three, which this is pretty important, and we might be able to talk about it. A three-wheeled car. Mm. Who was Finn McMissile's informant? on gas imports. Um, that's pretty crazy. They can just apprehend the fuck out of him because they just <laughs> put a little thing around his front wheel and he just like flips. <laughs> so does that imply that he is a disabled car or does that imply that he's just a car that's built like that?
0: Yeah, because there's one of those in um Mr. Bean, and it always just tips over. It always like that's just tips gag.
1: over. <laughs> so that's pretty dark as fuck. Like, yeah. like valid. Hope he does something in the para, paragraph, paragraph free. But he could also just be built like that. Anyway, moving on from the three-wheeled car, uh, Mada uh, apprehends him and says something along the lines of, "One of my favorite parts of law is the so." Three-wheeled car says, "Ba ba 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 ba," is this true? And Mada says. Is the, is the Pope-mobile Catholic. Yes. Um, which implies there's a car religion.
0: And car Jesus.
1: And car Jesus. And the car and, Pope. And the car Pope. Uh, which the car Pope gets... We see the car Pope in Italy. We do. And he drives in a car that has a...
0: Like the Pope mobile, bulletproof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a bulletproof car that he walks around in. <laughs> I want everybody to know that because fucking car nine eleven, <laughs> he could get assassinated. Anyway, so he's <laughs> <trying out and laughs> Did you notice that? He did yes. that? <laughs> yeah, he
0: did a bulletproof car. But like, oh, well, you go. It's a, Car, car Pope is in a Pope-mobile that's also a car. Yes. Yes.
1: That's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. But Car Pope, which Italy like idolizes the Pope anyway, but obviously Catholicism, which they directly reference. Like yeah. if they had just referenced the Pope, it could be like a little isolated, whatever. He could be a celebrity, yeah. which is what they talk about at the Grand Prix. Like you can't go anywhere without bumping into a celebrity. That's a secular... A secular, oh, secular. Secular, thank you. Thing... But explicitly mentioning Catholicism that's a whole different ball game baby. I just
0: got Car Jesus.
1: <laughs> that means that someone <clears throat> aka Car Jesus got crucified on the car cross for our car sins <laughs> and since then
0: and, but then probably if not was resurrected and ascended, people thought at the very least that Car Jesus died. <laughs> And, and then he was his, resurrected. And then his
1: car body was taken out of the car tomb, and <laughs> they were like, "Holy fuck, where did he go? Did he drive out of here? What's then going on?" And he vanished. <laughs> and then he vanished. And then he came back, and they were all like, "Holy shit, God Jesus!"
0: Um, time to start a car religion.
1: Time to start a fucking car religion. I'm telling you, you got crucified on the car cross. Probably one of those like motherfuckers that you like drive up on. You know the. You know the trucks, where you like go up and then it like closes. Yeah. It's like that, but the opposite way. So he like locks in his wheels and and then it's like the car
0: cross. But like Those of
1: you who are listening can't see the demonstration that I just did and you don't get any context.
0: Not not to get too deep into this crucifixion thing, but like (laughs) crucifixion is a pretty effective way of killing a human. Other than pinning a car to something.
1: Siphoning his gas entirely and popping his wheels.
0: Uh, okay, now we're talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because if we're talking about holes in the hands, we're also talking about some those Popping wheels. Popping the wheels. Those wheels were popped and his yeah. gas was probably siphoned when they got him in the side.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then like when they pierced the side coolant and oil came out separately. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to picture what a car crucifixion actually looks like.
1: Rule 34 states, we should probably Google this. Mm. Don't look up Rule 34, John. This is why
0: this is an audio-only podcast, so we can search Rule 34.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't search that in your spare time.
0: You should go to the library, um, go to one of the public computers, um, open up a browser as your own Google account, and then...
1: Search McQueen Rule rule 34. 34.
0: Yep. Um, And then let us know how that goes. Oh, someone's Um,
1: given us a very good drawing. (laughs)
0: Oh, Jesus is in the car. Jesus is in the car. I love that. Well, that's the other thing though, right? If we go all the way back to cars, like the original oh. mythology. Okay, there we go. So that's kind of more what I had in mind. That's it's more what it's I had It's a car vertically on a cross.
1: I do like the ad that they've actually put a gigantic stake through the hood. Through the of hood.
0: <laughs> but if we go back to this original idea that cars us hold the sentience of the person that originally drove them. Yes. Yes. There must have been a Jesus that drove a car for there to be car Jesus.
1: See, Pixar theory really pisses me off in this regard because, or are we
0: disregarding that kind of that that, yeah. that a person drove that car? I'm for dis- to, this yeah, is what okay. I'm saying because that completely blows up. Acknowledge- this
1: whole thing. acknowledging and ignoring, yeah, the Pixar theory to mm. live in the fantasy <laughs> of this car's law, but also makes me frustrated because there are holes in that theory as well. Yeah. because the Pope. Did not drive his own car.
0: No, he had a Pope Mobile. And did- in Cars 2, the Pope has a Pope Mobile.
1: And is the Pope. And is mem- also
0: the Pope who is also a car. Yes. Inside another car.
1: Yes. And because <laughs> he he wasn't the one who drove the car, his chauffeur probably drove the car. Yes. And cars back when people were driving cars didn't fucking look like a random, like, stretch hummer with just like bulletproof glass coming up in yeah. a little square. Yeah,
0: like a little microwave, bulletproof microwave yeah. on top.
1: In my personal opinion, for those people who are like, um, actually, like, it's just because the people who drove the cars believed in really... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> this is invalid. We're actually like... It's not invalid. People who believe in Pixar theory are very valid, but I, gotta, I personally don't like it.
0: I also just have to remind those people, it's fiction.
1: It is fiction. Like I said, I want to live in the world yeah. of the child that watched this movie for the first time and yeah. the person who critically basically wrote an essay on these films.
0: <laughs> and I'm trying to imagine, like, if you're a parent in 2011, right, mm-hmm. and you bring your seven-year-old child, whatever, yeah. to go and watch Cars 2, you're like, great. Um, 90 minutes where I don't have to look after the... Like, just 90 minutes in the dark, watch the movie, hopefully get a few laughs out of it, whatever. All of a sudden you're being asked to question what Cars religion looks like and where that came from, but also the implications of Cars nine eleven. Yeah. It's a fun afternoon of the movies.
1: <laughs> uh, that's pretty fun for me. <laughs> that's what I've spent the past two weeks pondering. Mm. I cannot stress this enough for the listeners. This has been yeah. my life.
0: And, like... So for for cars, nine eleven to have occurred, there, uh, car there's car terrorism, which means that there's also like because we we also have cars that are soldiers, right, and cars that are spies that yep. are inherently the car that they are. The physical yep. shell of the car is built to achieve those goals. Yes, Are car terrorists likewise.
1: You're getting there, John T. You're sniffing it.
0: <laughs> uh, You're sniffing it. <laughs> Is their entire purpose to be a terrorist? You're
1: getting there! Yeah! This is what I was going to fucking get to. Uh. So each car serves a particular purpose in the workforce specifically. Yeah. Which means that each car, for example, with a history like Sarge at Radiator Springs and some of the cars that we see to be implied in general um, around the world, there are war cars, specifically Jeeps and or Breeds of that similar origin that were in a car war to create the car society that we've come to believe, right? It's not as important.
0: Does that mean there was a car
1: Hitler? Hell yeah. That's what I'm, yeah. Okay. So each car <laughs> is created, quote unquote, for these specific purposes. So the car terrorists who have, and the spies, mm. they have these individual modifications that they can have to their frame specifically. To serve their purpose, right? Sniffing it out, yeah. Um, so bombs and terrorist terrorist intent are also in this film, yeah. Because Mady gets a bomb put in his hood,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did. In all caps while watching this film, write the note, they fucking placed a suicide bomb on Maida. So it's the implication that you can place bombs in people's hoods and you can, Mm. with nefarious intent, be a terrorist. Yes. And serve a terrorist purpose. Mm. And that's pretty fucking crazy.
0: And likewise, if there are soldier cars...
1: Like, war cars
0: that have been designed to go after war.
1: They have the hard shells. They've got everything. And then the spy cars, who are designed to incite espionage, they Mm -hmm. have their technology, their, like, intelligence that they can, like, look up on their little map things. And, like, Holly has her little, like, spy fucking wings. And it's a fantastic segue. Chefs have the ability to create food. Yes. Which is pretty fucking crazy because they don't eat food.
0: <laughs>
1: but. I'm going to start yelling.
0: Can we talk about the wasabi?
1: This is what I have to talk about. Yeah. I have so much written on this fucking subject. <laughs> it makes me so triggered. So in the first movie, we have quite a few like references to food. Like the breakfast. The breakfast and the tomato. Um. This just like upright and says it, but not only does mater
0: So, in the first one, the 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 only quote unquote food that we see them consume is, is gas, gas, which they consume through their gas tank. Yes, not through their mouth. Yes, which, as we established, well, is part of their cooling system.
1: Te- yes, so. Which they have gas that goes in through their side, yes, and then coolant we see in the first film gets drunk because uh, that's right, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a cooling system, gotcha. yeah, and yeah. so in this second film, in the start of it, before McQueen gets into the Grand Prix, coolant is being drunk through the mouth. Yep, we get that, and that makes sense. Yes, because the aircon cooling yep. yeah, system, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. This is written in all caps. I'm not going to say it in all caps, but I need to stress this fact enough. Um, We need to address the sushi, pistachio ice cream, Mm -hmm. and wasabi explicit references. And then after Maida says that the wasabi, which I'll get back to in a minute, is too spicy, he drinks the water fountain behind McQueen in front of everybody. So not only... Does Maida know about food and food is explicitly shown
0: to be there? There's a culture built around food.
1: And the distinction between which different foods there are is established. Because not only does Maida not know what wasabi is, but he thinks it is another food that is already established in the world. That he's familiar with. That he's familiar with and then has the receptors in his tongue (laughs) – To realise it is spicy. (laughs) Not only does he know that wasabi is now not pistachio ice cream. He has taste buds. To figure out that it's different.
0: Go all the way back to that first review on Letterboxd of Cars 1. Yeah. What are the tongues for? I guess they have taste buds.
1: Yep. So then does... The fact that they drink coolant, which I'm assuming, and I'm going to take a personal headcanon here and take the reins. I think, and I want to believe, that the tongues work as some sort of like a filter. Mm-hmm. Like the implication of a filter. Like the coolant can't go like straight in raw dog. Like it has to get filtered through something. So I'm sure like them drinking it, kind of their tongue is like a filter. Like I'd like to believe that. Mm-hmm. This is not implied. No, as a headcanon from me to make some sense of it. But the wasabi thing, I can't get over. (laughs) I just can't. It made me so fucking triggered. Oh, my God. (laughs) I forget how annoying that is that it's never established anywhere else Mm. except for that scene. Mm. That there is
0: food. Going into their cooling system. (laughs) Going
1: into their cooling system that they can eat. And, like... (laughs) Because...
0: Right, so Don't what, just the, give it up. the coolant goes in yeah. and serves a purpose and you like assumedly evaporates or is used yes. throughout this, the process of cooling the system. Which, what happens to the food when it goes into their mouth?
1: Which is also frustrating because in the first movie we are also established they are aware how much petrol they have in their system. If yes. they feel a quart low, they have a quart of fucking petrol. Where the fuck does the food go? (laughs) How did they know
0: that it's? Does he spit it out? Actually, he probably spits it out. And then (laughs) runs away. And then drinks water. (laughs) And
1: then drinks water. (laughs) Which? (laughs) What? Because? And this made me frustrated as well. Yeah. Earlier established in the film.
0: We just brushed (laughs) toes.
1: (laughs) They caught me off guard. (laughs) Earlier established in the film, when Finn Missile goes underwater, which is unnecessary, he he gets a...
0: Like a breathing mask. A breathing mask.
1: Which means that he can't ingest the water despite not having a respiratory system. Mm. So there's no need for him to have oxygen.
0: Or is it simply to stop water getting into his engine system? That's probably
1: which is my next point then yeah. why the fuck does made a raw dog and just drink a bunch of water and lap it up like a dog
0: Without right into his flooding yep. his engine system yep
1: yeah. <laughs> what the fuck
0: <laughs> it's almost like I'm starting to get the sense that none of this matters. <laughs> it's Stupid kids movie that they didn't <laughs> think about the implications of their choices.
1: Yeah, like it's dumb, but it's funny to think about. <laughs> um, and then, like I said, the toilet humor is pretty real. Mm-hmm. The men and women's bathroom scene. That's yeah. a lot.
0: Yeah, um, like the women' car have lug nuts as well. Well, you would assume so, right? Because that's a, so. just a part of basic.
1: That's just yeah. That's just what car mechanics. That's just what happens with the car. Um, But Maida leaks oil in front of everybody. But, (laughs) spoiler, um, car Elon Musk, whose name is actually Miles Axelrod, um, he actually leaks gas in front of everybody Mm -hmm. um, and blames it on Maida because he's mentally deficient and no one would question him. And then Maida pseudo-thinks he needs to pee, goes into the bathroom, and all the bathroom is is a car wash. (laughs) Um. <laughs> so um.
0: I don't know why that just broke my brain <laughs> Mentioning like going You're in a ball game or something And you're like oh I need to go pee I'll go pee at half time You just walk in there's just a shower
1: <laughs> yeah, That's, what that's literally
0: saying. what that yeah. is
1: That's what I'm saying. That's why I had to deliver it in such a way that you can physically understand what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm going insane, brother. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because he just gets like water pumped up his arsehole. And Wilson was talking to me about this um, because I was explaining this to him. No, it wasn't Wilson. Cut that out. (laughs) I was talking to my girlfriend about this and she said, no, like he pees and then he it like washes him up because it's Mm -hmm. like a bidet. No, he doesn't. He just goes, he goes directly in there and then water gets like shoved up his arsehole. Or his lug nuts. His lug
0: nuts. Or his exhaust pipe.
1: And so like, yeah, yeah, it's literally the mind fuck of walking, going, ah, fuck, I need to pee. Walking into the bathroom, all it is is just showers. And then you just take a shower. I hated that part of the movie so goddamn much. (laughs) And then Maida goes into the woman's bathroom before that happens. Yeah. And all of them go, bow! And then he comes back out again. Um, Other than, like, the obvious weird feminization of cars. Yeah,
0: sexy cars, according to Sir Jalen on (laughs) Letterboxd.
1: It's very hard to discern who's a female and who's a male car from afar. Mm. So, like, what if Maida was a woman? And people were just, like, being really rude to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Anyway. Uh, but, yeah. So, like, that was, like, a lot for me. That toilet scene was a lot too much. <laughs> and then there's multiple references to, like, peeing yourself and, like, being incontinent throughout the movie. Yeah. And then there's the implication that they can fart, which makes sense because they only drink gas. gas. But really got me that really got me it was a little bit too much
0: i'm just scrolling through some more letterbox there's one that's asking the question how does this g-rated movie have so much murder yes we straight up see
1: so we death yes yeah, in so this movie as well I, yeah that's a fantastic secret i was literally about to talk about that oh my gosh um so, oh, fuck. Sorry. we got to go back to the toileting for one second. Please. Uh, the line, when she starts giggling, prepare to be squirted by Mater. Hated that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hated that, actually. So, I, um, all in all, which is the alternate gas um, equivalent that uh, Miles Axelrod, that Miles Axelrod um, kind of proposes to the world and then makes the racers use, when heated with an electromagnetic pulse, becomes a literal weapon of internal destruction, which I wrote in my notes, essentially a PG bomb, um, which after the agent that they capture and who transfers his agent tracker onto Mater... He bursts into flames and dies, and I was so confused how they got away with that kill. And I think it's only because they pan away. Mm. Um, and
0: it's a car, not a person. I yeah.
1: Um, also, McMissile, Missile, um, despite being a very educated car, it seems literally ignores every sign that Maida isn't the agent he thinks he's a, he thinks he is. Um, they save him so many times, completely unaware that Maida is just an average civilian. So what makes a civilian in the cars universe? And why the fuck does Maida think he's doing a karate demonstration when he's just like killing other cars?
0: I hadn't even thought of that. There's also like um one of the cars is knocked out with like sleeping gas. Yes. So they breathe now?
1: Yeah, they do breathe. Well, like I said with the, <laughs> with the, the, the air court. con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it's like when you when you turn on the um outside
0: yeah, yeah. That's they're, how they're I'm. That's
1: how I'm thinking about it. You turn on the outside thing, and it like filters outside stuff into into the car. Um, what else have I got? The kill count is pretty big in this movie. Yeah, and like explicitly on TV during the races, when they just burst into flames with the electromagnetic pulse. Mm. Um, some of them don't die. Some of them do actually die. But some of them just like go on fire. So does that permanently damage their insides? Hmm. Who knows? Um, What else have I got? Oh, yeah. Um, One other thing that I found really interesting, which links to the kill count, but also links to, like, spy, espionage, how it works. So, to identify all the lemons, I was really confused throughout the movie how they were able to track down which lemons were attacking Mater and the established scene in the beginning, how they know who the bad guys are. So they don't check number plates because number plates can be changed in the car's universe, which we know from the first movie, because you can buy a new number plate. Um, They check their VIN number. So, a VIN is the vehicle identification number you get with your car. I had wondered why they don't just plate the cars, but apparently you can change your plate and get it customized. So a VIN number is what comes individually with the car and can be printed on the bottom of your windscreen. So the assumption that every car in the world can change its number plate at will, but will forever have the same VIN number. Yeah. They all have social security.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's how they get (laughs) that's how when they go get Cairo or something, they they use their VIN number. (laughs)
1: Which is crazy. So then when they go on the MyGov to get their, (laughs) to get their fucking compensation, they go put their VIN in.
0: Collect their dental.
1: Um, yeah, there's like a bunch of stuff I've got written on here. Um, they talk in they talk on radio frequencies, so theoretically anyone could interrupt their radio signal. Then why does Mater and everyone in the pits have to wear help, like headphones, headsets? Yeah. If like Holly can just tune in to Mater's fucking radio wave. <laughs> um. But yeah, kill count's pretty high. Racism pretty high. Miles Axelrod is a billionaire mm. in this movie. Which do we want to talk about? Money?
0: Sure.
1: I'm like speed running because I realize we've gone so over time.
0: Who cares? Who cares? Who if you listen, if you listen this far, you're you're. <laughs> Tell me when you want to when
1: you want to kick me out, John D. Um, but no. So um, the CEO of Dynaco this is like way far in the movie. Mm. Um, is established in the first movie to be a billionaire because mm-hmm. he like owns Dynaco, It's like his huge thing. Like he is the CEO. Rusties, No one gives a fuck about Rusties, But Miles Axelrod, who is the CEO of All In All and also a criminal. <laughs> Whoa. He's like technically a terrorist actually if I think about it. Because he's the one who puts the bomb on Maynard.
0: Uh, true, yeah.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Anyway, he is also a billionaire because he controls kind of all of oil and is also the like top of the lemons and Whatever. So, billionaires and civilian cars. There's, like, a weird money generation that happens in this movie. So, McMissile implies that he pays for the accommodations that Mader will get being a spy. McQueen says that the Grand Prix travel trip is all-inclusive and all-paid-for. And so, there is, like, money being generated. But I think with the wealth that gets accumulated with the billionaires <laughs> and the CEOs that, like, establish all the companies, they're able to, like, generate the wealth within one another and then distribute it to the companies that they sponsor. So similarly, but not really, um, to, like, like, Amazon Prime, for example. Everyone who works for Amazon Prime just relies on the person that, like, established them. So, everyone who works for All in All gets all the money from All in All. Everybody who works with Dynaco gets all their money through Dynaco. Because, like, when you get sponsored as a car, that's what you wear on your body, that's what you get, like, that's who you travel with. So, I think there's only like certain cars that are allowed money. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just pay for everything else. That's mm. all that's established money wise in this yeah, right. movie. That I can that I can speak to as my <laughs> very extensive research has done. Um which is crazy. Oh, what else? I've got some final quotes and thoughts if you'd like, and then we can wrap up the second movie.
0: Absolutely. Fuck I hate this movie. God It's not good. It's just not good.
1: Um when Maida is leaving, uh he writes a bunch of letters to McQueen saying he's sorry and he's going, but he mm-hmm. doesn't actually go, he just gets recruited. Mm-hmm. Um, he says like really nice letter. Then he says P.S. Um, tell the motel that I that I took the gas from their fridge. And then he says P.P.S. That's funny right there. And then he has a an, uh, and then he <laughs> he has a little arrow to to P.P. in P.P.S. <laughs> 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 um, so the implication that cars can write is like pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, cuz you see like the pit stop cars have like the screwdrivers and they yeah.
1: Stop.
0: yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But yeah. Um
0: But I guess they have fine motor skills as well.
1: Uh yeah, right. Maida says, "Uh I I've got to go to a doctor. I keep getting pains in my undercarriage." And <laughs> <laughs> Uh <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, if you want to get hired in the Cars Universe, you better be a doctor, because Mater will come in with those undercarriage paints. <laughs> <laughs> check um, those lug nuts. Yeah. Holy shit. Turn and cough. Um. <laughs> 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 That's so awful. Anyway, Shift Shiftwell's cover is designing iPhone apps. Yeah. If we haven't seen a single haven't phone. Haven't seen a single smartphone.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck, it's so dumb. Um, Sarge is in touch with the British military. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> military cars. This is what I wrote. Military cars. At least one war has taken place, meaning that apparently they've all made a pact and are friends.
0: Yeah, and like, was that possibly World War? What we understand as World War Two, which means it was Car Hitler. Yeah. A thing. Who knows?
1: Who knows? Um. Ramon uh, in this movie for some reason he's a really sexual being um we only see Ramon in the actual movie for like five minutes but all of them are really horny lines
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like I gotta go get some more suspensions gotta get even lower yeah and then Flo in response says I, I, I'm gonna go get myself some more coolant
0: yeah <laughs> I don't even want to get into the anatomy of what cast nah. sex looks like. No, nah,
1: we're just not even going to touch on. it. Rule thirty-four is for move that. Move on. Yeah, us. yeah. Um,
0: go, and go to the library and so shut up.
1: Uh, and then logistical research because I have to say it because I did it and it needs to be in the podcast. So I can get rep- I can get reprimanded for it. Well, wow. <sighs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Mada says I'm AAA affiliated. Yeah. When Mc- Finn McMissile says, "Are you FBI? Are you CIA? Who are you with?" He says, "I'm AAA affiliated, which is the American Auto Automobile Association. Every single car from America is AAA." Yeah. What the fuck did made her think in saying that? <laughs> Regardless, um, yeah, that's kind of it. I fucking hated this movie. It's not good. <laughs> it's terrible. It's not a good movie.
0: And I want to make it clear that I refused, well not refused, but I did not rewatch any of these movies before having this conversation, particularly cars 2. The prospect of rewatching that movie, I was just like, uh, "No."
1: Yeah. And we kind of already talked about already the Ship of Theseus and yes. yeah. everything which this movie implies that M- Miles Axelrod, who doesn't actually do it, could potentially change from a gas car to an electric car mm. and everybody mm. just believes him. That's pretty fucking crazy and I'm um, not even going to touch that. But yeah, no, re-watching these movies would have done nothing for you because you wouldn't have gotten these fantastic plots. Mm. So let's move on to the third one.
0: Yeah. Hey guys, so I'm sitting here at my laptop without a microphone um, editing this episode while on holidays and I decided that it probably wasn't a great idea to drop an episode on you that was almost three hours long. So this conversation is going to continue next week with Cars 3 and beyond. I'll see you then.